Open, if you will, your Bibles this morning to Psalm 36. This psalm of 12 verses has a division that I understand. Verses 1 through 4, which is the rebellious wicked, a description by our brother David of the rebellious wicked. Verses 5 through 9, some of the Wonderful attributes of our God, our great God. And verses 10 through 12 is a prayer of continuance, for continuance, of God's blessing upon his people. I'll read this psalm, and then I'll go over these verses briefly. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. And setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. And thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Oh, continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. Verse 1, the transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. True in David's time, true in the Apostle Paul's time, and true today. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 18, there is no fear of God before their eyes, describing the reprobate of Paul's time. There's no difference today, except as it would be described in 2 Timothy 3 and 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. We see it in our land. We see it in our world today. These truly are the perilous times. Proverbs 1 and verse 7, we read, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools, who we're reading about right now, despise wisdom and instruction. No fear 
It's one of today's anthems and attitudes in our, in our nation, in our youth, in our world. People wear t-shirts and bumper stickers with no fear written on them. They idolize it. And when you boil it down, it's because they have no fear of God. That's right. Amen, brother. Right. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28, the Lord Jesus Christ said to his disciples, And fear not them which kill the body, but are able to kill the soul, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather, fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Verse 2, For he flattereth himself in his own eyes until his iniquity be found to be hateful. He believes a lie about himself so much that God turns him over to that reprobate mind, allows that rewiring of his mind to have such an effect that they change their name from Bruce to Caitlin and mutilate themselves. Verse 3, the words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. Verse 4, he deviseth mischief upon his bed and setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Right. In 2 Timothy verse three and, or chapter 3 and verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Let these first four verses never be said of anyone within the sound of my voice. Please, Lord. Now, from verse 4 to verse 5, there is a vast chasm of difference that cannot be bridged except by one. The God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. Our Lord delights to show mercy. It is part of his great goodness. In Exodus chapter 33 and verse 19, we read, And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Thank you, Lord that you delight to show mercy. Verse 6, The righteous is like the great mountains. Thy thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. A great mountain in the word of God, Mount Ararat, where the Lord caused that ark to rest and God's judgments In that great deep, which was the whole earth. Over all of the earth, he preserved Noah and his family and all of the animals. Thank you, Lord. The testimony is in every continent and every mountaintop. It is the truth of God's word. 
verse 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. 1 John 4 and verse 10 says, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In this verse, we see the Son of God is our mercy seat. He is how we can know God, how we can approach God, how we can abide with Him. And we see the motive for His mercy is His love. How excellent is Thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of Thy wings. What a place to be! For the people of God. Under those wings is the safe, peaceable, and convenient place to be. It's not too cold and it's not too hot. It's perfect where we might grow and be nurtured and see and enjoy and rejoice and the good things that our God has for us. Verse 8, They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. We are a happy and a thankful people. We are happy and we are thankful with the truth of every word of God. We don't want entertainment. We don't want emotionalism. We don't want to see people walking an aisle. And we don't want to rejoice in a false decisional regeneration. How sweet it is to rejoice and sing the praises of our blessed Savior with brethren of like precious faith. Verse 9, for with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. Notice here that life precedes light. Yes. To dwell in the light is to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 10, a prayer. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. O oh, that our God would not leave us alone. We have an obligation to remain upright in heart. Yes. Proverbs 4 and verse 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Right. And we're talking about life and death issues here. Right. This life is short. Three score and ten. And we fly away. Thank you, Lord, that we're on this side of the cross and we don't have to suffer through six, seven, eight hundred years before we see our king and fall before his feet. Proverbs 22 and verse 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. That's how we can know that we are abiding in the word of God. Verse 11, Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. 
They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. I want to give God all glory and praise and thanksgiving this morning for his grace of repentance. We who know him, we can repent. And when we repent, he runs to us. He is a loving father. These that are spoken of, it says they are cast down and shall not be able to rise. Amen.